Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus Lafernicus. Say what? Showrette. Doc G, what's up, sir? Woo! My goodness, Mike. I am doing good. I hear, I hear you're a little fatigued. A little fatigued. Uh, yeah. Little, uh, little, little raspy voice. I was at a Nora Jones concert, and uh, man, getting crazy. <laughs> it's the way to ball your <laughs> off, Mike. Woo! Uh, lost my voice. Gosh, man. What's the what's her big uh, jam? What was that huge, huge hit? Didn't. Uh, oh, I didn't, didn't know. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> didn't know. Didn't know. Yeah. What was the song? Yeah, you really lost your like you, you lost your mind when they played that one. Am I right? Was, oh yeah. Ow! Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Man, how, how late uh, that go? Was that a? What's huh? a, How late what's that up? go? The concert? How oh. late? Huh? I was totally joking, Doc G. <laughs> no, oh, I thought you were. I thought you were serious. No. <laughs> I oh. just thought it'd be funny to say like I lost my voice at the most like so, the softest concert ever. Hey, I'd believe it, Mike. You had me going. <laughs> You had me going. Uh, was was last uh, night the uh, Schwarzenegger documentary? Was that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I watched the. Oh my gosh, three thirty in the morning. I was up watching that documentary. I I watched two and a half episodes in a row out of three. Almost as cool as the Nora Jones concert. Pretty much, like oh, yeah. right up there. <laughs> And it's amazing that you lost your voice yelling at the TV uh, yeah. at a Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary. Yeah, <laughs> woo! Oh man, Mike, I um, it's summer, uh, and I was as I was telling you, I'm a little upset because we've had a lot of storms here mm-hmm. in in Jacks. That's not cool. Nope, I'm not about yeah. that. You know. Yeah. But. I will say, uh, you know, nonstop during the summer, you see summer-related news. They love to pump it out there in the old news section, section you know? Yeah. And I was cruising through some articles, and I saw a couple articles, one in particular, about summer workouts. Hmm. hmm. Talking okay. summer workouts. You know, get your beach bod, Mike. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was thinking about this, Mike. I don't mention it a lot on the show. I've got some fitness experience. You know? I mean, I've got a PhD in applied physiology. I was a certified strength and conditioning specialist, a registered clinical exercise physiologist, a personal training manager. I've written a book in the area. You You know, I have... A good amount of experience. Yeah. I don't really bring it up because I don't think anybody gives a Nope. But <laughs> I thought about this topic. I was like, you know what? I might have to put on my evaluation hat. You know? I mm-hmm. might have to evaluate this yeah. this workout, you know? So I, I went to this, this, uh, this article. And uh, the article, by the way... Very interesting. But first off, 
Let me just say, listeners, if you're com- if you're looking to completely change your body for summer, hmm, I got bad news. You're too late. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go ahead and just say that. Bit. Unless yeah. you put in a ton of work, which let's be honest, if you're American, that's not going to happen. No way. You're not going to be able to transform your. You're not going to be seeing any major results in less than twelve weeks. Like it's just you gotta you gotta have that time frame. Like if you're if mm-hmm. you're if you're telling me right now I want to I want to get yoked, I want some muscle on my body. I'm gonna say we need to block off the next three months at least. Because mm-hmm. it's not gonna happen. That's a fact. It's not gonna happen. You know, um, you might be able to get some by fall. So if you want to be like Aquaman for Halloween, we can work on that. <laughs> Fall body. <laughs> we can get there, you know? Sweet. Think, Listeners, think of building muscle like laying brick for a new house. And think mm-hmm. about burning fat as knocking down the brick for that house. You can knock down that house a lot quicker than you can build it, right? Turning yourself into a brick house, that takes some time. Pun intended, Mike. Woohoo! <laughs> so, yeah. remember, Mike. Workouts on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Google. They're not going to work the best for you. Why aren't they going to work the best for you? Because they're not made for you. Mm -hmm. They're a general workout. For a workout to help you reach your goal, it needs to be tailored to your specific goals and your specific background, your specific history. When you're sick and you go to the doctor, does the doctor say, wow, you're sick, take a medicine? And you go, what medicine? They go, yeah, it doesn't matter. Choose one. <laughs> no, they don't do that because that's stupid. Yeah. They have all your medical history. They have all your health vitals. And based on your symptoms and your background, they choose the best treatment. Mm-hmm. That's the same way a good workout is made. You do the same thing with a good workout. So, with all that being said, Mike, I came across a headline. Came across <laughs> a headline from the Daily Mail, and it was Denise Austin, 66 years old, in parentheses, tells fans how to get a summer bikini body. And mm. it takes only 10 minutes a day in the comfort of your home. Hmm. Okay. I'm listening. <laughs> Well, first, Mike, let's point out how there's no way she can technically be wrong with that title because there are no restrictions on who wears a bikini in the summer. She didn't say a good summer bikini body, right? <laughs> True. How to get yeah. a summer bikini body. Good advertising right there. That's good marketing. Mm-hmm. That's good marketing because we could be talking about some hairy dude from Wisconsin that's 75 years old that's wearing a bikini, and you're like, technically, it's summer. And mm-hmm. that's a bikini. So And that's his body. That counts. <laughs> Second of all, if she's insinuating that you'll have a bikini model body with a workout that lasts ten minutes, that's full. <laughs> so yeah. you can go ahead and throw that one out. Do you know Denise Mike? Denise Austin? No, I've never heard of her. Okay. She's kind of the female version of Richard Simmons. Without the raw sexual magnetism. Ah. Right? Yeah. You're, you're not getting that. You're not getting that. Ooh, 
like to hang out with that sexy mama. That's what you get mm-hmm. when you see Richard Simmons. You don't get that with Denise Austin. Girl, come on. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm being facetious, of course. But, <laughs> Mike, she she is, honestly, she's been out there kicking it in the fin- fitness industry since the 80s. And she basically, that's, you know, she's sort of taken the Richard Simmons route in the fact that she did, you know, fitness videos all mm-hmm. through the, you know, the 80s, the 90s. Back in 2002, old George W., George w. w. put her on the presidential president's council on physical fitness. Oh, yeah, there you go. Which I can get behind, Mike. Did you ever win the presidential uh, physical fitness award? Uh, hold on. No, I haven't. I haven't. No. I did never. Mike. Oh, you did. I won six. Say what? Six years in a row. You're joking. What? I still have. He has. I have my patches. I have my patches, listeners. I have my patches. What? Listeners, you may not know what that is. Is the Presidential Fitness Award? I don't because I won them. That's what happened. What? Now, uh, Mike, for folks that are too young or just don't remember, let me refresh. Uh, Eisenhower was worried about kids getting fat and not being able to go to war. Literally, that's what he was worried mm-hmm. about. So he made the National Committee on Fitness. Kennedy changed the name, and then LBJ created the award back in 66. Sadly, they stopped giving the uh, award, doing the test in 2012. Girl, come on! Mm. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, Mike, six of them. Ready for war. Six of them. <laughs> I've always thought, I've always thought, Mike, um, you know, uh, I, I've thought about just making a whole jacket with all the patches on it. Just walking yeah, around. Yeah, you should. That'd and people be awesome. would be People would be like, what the hell is that? I'd be like, fitness awards. All right, six of them. Count it. <laughs> from, from seventh grade to 12th grade, you turds. That's right. That's the award right there. So, uh, anywho, Mike, uh, uh, she was on. Awesome. She was on the uh, the president's council on uh, on physical fitness. Uh, yeah, you know, and uh, so anywho, let's get back to her article. What she says, <laughs> you you get this bikini body in ten minutes, and then just a little bit later in the article, it says ten minutes a day, three times a day. So she really means 30 minutes a day. Yeah. Again, better marketing. We're going to put 10 minutes up there. We're going <laughs> to not mention you got to do that several times. Which I'll say, Mike, uh, if you're looking, uh, if you're going to look like a bikini model exercising 30 minutes a day, um, that's not possible either. Nope. But <laughs> regardless, they talked to Denise a little bit. And in the article, she says she's been doing 30-minute uh, workouts her whole life. And she says research shows 30 minutes uh, on most days of the week is a great amount of time to get a great workout. Um, which, I will say, Mike, 30 minutes a day of moderate to vigorous physical activity is what the National Physical Activity Guidelines recommend. So true. But the goal of those guidelines isn't to make supermodels. It's to make people healthy enough not to die from metabolic disorders and obesity. Blam. Yeah. 
So again, if you're looking to become a supermodel, this might not be the workout for you. Now, Mike, don't get me wrong. If you're sitting there and you're like, well, I was going to do these jazzercising aerobic moves, but Doc G <laughs> said they're stupid. No, 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 no. No. If you're not doing anything, by all means, hop on the jazzercising club. They're 10 million times better than doing nothing. Yes! I'm just saying, if you're getting into those moves because you think you're going to come out looking like Megan Fox, you know, maybe don't. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Now, Mike, if you don't give a what you look like or you're looking for something to listen to for the next two hours while you work out, I've got the prescription for you. Oh, yeah. The Doc G Show. The Doc G Show. Amen, Mike. Amen. <laughs> With that... Are you ready to fire up this prescription? Let's fire up this amazing workout of a show. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Woo! We're going to get worked out, Mike. We are going to get work it worked out. out. We have the one and only a no love for the middle child on the show. He's been doing things. My goodness, over the last half decade, he has worked with Meek Mill, P&B Rock. He's work, currently working with Grandson. Sweet. He's, he's going out on tour with Grandson through Canada. Grandson's hometown, Jordan's hometown. That's going to be going to be some wild shows. That'll be a party. Yeah, yeah, going through, going through the home country tour. I like it. But first, Mike, we need to start where we start. The birthday suit. Happy Now, uh, Mike, you are 37 and a quarter out of 69. Word. Hmm. Nice. I, that's right. I, um, uh, not really. <laughs> I think, I think you can get, I think you can get two today. Okay. I'd be, I'd be really surprised if you get three. Okay. Um, but I, I think two's possible. This first one, pretty confident. All right. Born on June 21st, 1979 in Virginia, Minnesota. Hmm. Yeah. Didn't even know that was a place. Virginia, oh. Minnesota. When he was seven, his family moved to Lake Stevens, Washington. He first went to community college after high school, but dropped out after a semester. The old AA is not for everybody, Mike. Not for everybody. He ended up homeless in Hawaii. Word. I'd like to mm. get the connect the pieces between those. But he ended up <laughs> homeless in Hawaii. He started waiting tables at Bubba Gump Shrimp Company when he was discovered by actress and director Ray Dawn Chong. She cast him in the short horror film Cursed Part 3. In 2009, he hit a, hit a big break when he was cast as Andy Dwyer on Parks and Recreation. He then played in Moneyball, then in Zero Dark Thirty as a Navy SEAL. He then played in his arguably his biggest role as Peter Quill in Guardians of the Galaxy. He then played in Jurassic World, arguably his other biggest role, in 2015 playing Owen Grady. Jeez. Working uh, as a trainer of Velociraptors. 
He has reprised the roles of Peter Quill and Owen Grady multiple times over the past eight years. In 2021, it was announced he would be Garfield's voice in the new movie directed by uh, Mark Dindal. Name that birthday suit wearer. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is correct. Turning 44, Mike. Nice. I mean, uh, I got to say, you know, like college, up to college, he really seems like he fell backwards into being an actor. Like, yeah. <laughs> which is nice. I mean, it's one of those things that like, like, cause I was, I was thinking about this and this is what, you know, before we came on air, you were telling me about the old Schwarzenegger documentary, Mike. Yeah. And I was thinking about this. His father-in-law is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Word. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Chris Pratt, his father-in-law, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, okay. What a weird world, right? Yeah. Like you go back. Just think, go back to like the year 2000, find homeless stoner Chris Pratt in Hawaii and be like, bro, 23 years, you'll be like one of the biggest movie stars in the world and your father-in-law will be the Terminator. Wow. Just thought I'd let you know that. Like, (laughs) how crazy is that? Like, this dude is a- Yeah, that's insane. Homeless guy in Hawaii- waiting tables at Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, and now he's a multi-multi-millionaire known around the world as being a Jurassic Park dude and a Peter Quill. I've never seen either of those movies, so I can't really tell you too much. I just know they're really popular, Mike. Um, You haven't seen the Jurassic Park? Nah. Oh, man. I tapped out after the first, like, two. I was like, I'm good. Yeah, oh, uh, I'm I'm at like I'm I'm next day. I'm not I'm not premiere night Jurassic Park yeah. fan, but I'm like next day Jurassic Park fan. Like I huge fan. That's pretty high so up it. there. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to say I'm a bigger fan of him in Parks and Rec than I am in uh, Jurassic Park since I haven't seen the Jurassic Parks. So, you know. Yeah, he killed it. Not wasn't he the uh, wasn't he also Mario's voice? Hmm. Uh, I think. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Jack Black is the is Bowser, and then yeah, Chris Pratt. Yeah, Chris Pratt was, I guess. Wow, I think. I don't know. I haven't seen it, Mike. Yes, yes, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt as Mario. You are correct, Mike. Are you thinking about Garfield? Saying, are you thinking about seeing that? Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty wild. This guy's gonna voice gigs. Yeah, he, that's he, awesome. He's just gonna be all popular. <laughs> cartoon characters from the 90s and then he's just gonna take them over next he's next he's gonna be gumby and then after yeah. that he's he's gonna be who else he's gonna be uh he-man he's gonna be uh somebody in gi joe's it's gonna be just everybody wild man but you know good for him good for yeah. him yeah happy birthday chris pratt there we go uh mike are you ready rip some headlines Oh, yeah. What do we got, Doc G? It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Woo! We got some here. We got some. Mike, let me read you a very exciting headline. Quote, scientists have discovered the maximum age a human can live to. Hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Let me guess. Mm-hmm. 140. Nope. 
115. 115. Yeah. But I, I like this, Mike, just because it's scientists doing what scientists do best. Being a bummer. Yes. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, it's kind of sad. <laughs> like, to like 200. <laughs> hey, do you believe in magic? No, it doesn't exist. We did an experiment. Oh. oh. Hey, do you think we can fly? No, it's impossible. We did an experiment. Hey, am I going to get a bikini body in 10 minutes? No, that's impossible. Yeah. Come on, guys. You're such a bummer, <laughs> man. There's no way. Like, also, like, I know I'm not amazing with the English language, Mike, and I know the listeners are well aware of that. Same. But listen, listen to that headline again. Scientists have discovered the maximum age a human can live to. Why end it on the preposition? Hmm. Like, you can have your discussion whether stranding a preposition is an issue or not. I know it's debated heavily in the English field, listeners. But here, just listen to this title. Scientists have discovered the maximum age a human can live. You don't need it. Throw it out. Hmm. Who is the editor over at The Independent that let that go? I don't know, Mike. It wasn't you, Dr. It was not me. It was not me. It's pathetic. Mike, uh, recently, Little Wayne has uh, been on a couple of shows. Oh. Went on a couple of shows. And uh, he let folks know uh, he can't really remember his own songs anymore. Nope. <laughs> Which, you know, I don't know. That doesn't really shock me. I don't know about no, you, Mike. Not really. I mean... Considering the fact he smoked roughly like 100,000 pounds of weed, Mm -hmm. and in between the years of 2005 and 2015, he rapped on roughly 14 million songs. Yeah. I I find this a completely acceptable headline. Yeah. I'm like, no, you know, okay. He's got a high word count. Probably have just popped right out of there. I understand. I get it. Yeah. He probably looks at some of them. He's like, really? I said that? <laughs> when was that? All right. He yeah. just mumbles through the... Uh. Yeah. <laughs> He's up there on stage. Uh, 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 uh. Time for the audience to sing it. Hey, yeah, right. you guys. You guys say it. Uh, well, I don't <laughs> but either. It was your problem. Um, Mike, once again, something has happened... That has already happened like 10,000 times. And I got to be honest, it's really effing annoying. Hmm. Folks think that a painting by a Dutch artist, Peter de Hooch, they think they found in one of his art, in one of his paintings that somebody is holding an iPhone. Hmm. Yeah. From a painting in the 1600s, the detectives on social media have found that somebody is holding an iPhone. Mm. Let me just say, Mike, this is the dumb <laughs> ever. <laughs> Come on, Doc G, time traveling. Yeah, have scientists well, uh, prove this. Listeners, let me walk you through. <laughs> walk me through this idea. So you're saying somebody time traveled to the 1600s. They walked by a painter who was painting a scene of 17th century Europe. And first of all, the guy that's time traveling isn't even interested in 16, 17th century Europe. He's just like, ah, eh, phone. 
these candies aren't going to crush themselves. So <laughs> I'm guessing that's what he's into. I don't know what, what you're looking at on your phone, but apparently you just time travel and you're like, you know what? Ah, it's not interesting. More interested in this phone than I am time traveling. It's a subtle like, flex. It's a subtle flex. A second, you're telling me Peter the Painter saw this dude on his phone and his mind wasn't blown? Nope. He didn't tell every single person he knew? He wasn't like, what kind of witch doctor was that? They had a little <laughs> box that contained people. Thousands of people were stuck in the... No, he was like, eh, I guess I'll hide him in my painting. I won't really <laughs> tell anybody about it. Like, that's the dumbest ever, Mike. No. <laughs> That didn't happen. It was something else that he was painting that looked like a phone. And you see a phone because you see him every day of your life. Like, it just... <laughs> yeah. God, Mike. That story, I was just like, who? Who piled onto this? and was like, well, it's got to be true. They painted it. It's definitely happened. Dumb. Dumb. Mike, uh, recently, Dr. Martha Tara Lee is a certified, she's a certified sex therapist. Hmm. I think I've heard she, of her. Yeah. 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 You hang out with her on the daily. I like you listening know? to sex therapists. You went to the Nora Jones concert with her. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> talk to, she was, she was right there. She was like, can you believe this? This is amazing. Uh, don't lose your voice. You're screaming too loud at these songs. Um, anyways, she was talking to Cosmo. And she was talking about problematic things you want to avoid with your significant other in 2023. Mm. Number one on the list, Mike. Fexting. Mm. Fexting. Fexting. With an F. With an F. Fexting. Now, I didn't know what fexting was, listeners. I don't know if you know what it is. Mike, do you know? Hmm. I don't know why, but the fist. I just I, I keep going to the fist. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, Doctor, we should move on. We should move on. Yeah, well, on. <laughs> uh it's it's apparently for fight texting. Fight texting. Yeah, when you uh, get in an argument with hey, somebody right. over Yeah, a little bit. The the <laughs> fist of violence. Yes. That's what Mike was referring to. Yeah, that's what I um was. <laughs> uh <laughs> Ew. Yeah, yikes. Um, Girl, come on. But like once I found out it was fight texting, Mike, I was in complete agreement. But yeah. originally when I was like you and I didn't know what the F stood for, I wasn't sure, you know? Yeah. And at first I was confused because I was like, "What? what's the <laughs> difference between fexting and sexting? Oh, the F is for fighting. Mm. Oh, I was thinking something else. That makes more sense. Okay. Mm. Yes. Let's not fext everybody. No, nah, so don't just fext. A, just a reminder, you got six months of not fexting in front of you. Um, Mike, <laughs> let me read you a headline here. Quote, here's why energy drinks could be the secret to a longer life. Hmm. 115. Here we go. <laughs> Mike, let me be the spoiler. Uh, for this article and say they're not. Oh, God, Doctor, you always ruining everything. Come I hate on to do it. Your science. I, ha <laughs> I hate to bring you back to reality, Liz. Like, obviously they won't. 
Do you ever walk around town and see a 105-year-old cranking out a Red Bull being like, thank God I started <laughs> drinking these. <laughs> Woo! They are bringing me back. Yes! Like, no, they're not. Now, the reason they wrote this study, Mike, was that they're, uh, there's a non-essential amino acid, and it's the most uh, plentiful amino acid in the human body, taurine. Taurine depletes as humans get older. You can track taurine levels in the body, and they mm. deplete as you get older. <laughs> so it's one of those things. But, you know, uh, the, the, I will point this out as well, Mike. That's pretty much everything in the yeah. human body. Yeah. Everything that's good goes down. Everything that's bad goes up. That's what happens when you get old. That's why it sucks. Nobody's yeah. like, hey, guess what? This goes up and you feel amazing. That's mm. why being 80 is awesome. No, nobody says that. You know what goes up? You don't care. You stop caring. You're, you're, stop, you're caring. G- g- giving a goes, goes down. down. Yeah. Caring uh, uh, goes down. Yeah, caring um, goes down. Uh, okay, so yeah, I guess it all goes yeah, down. Inverse <laughs> relationship, Mike. Inverse. inverse. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but this study was in mice that they did, Mike. They did a study in mice where they gave mice taurine, and it actually increased their lifespan by about 12%. Hmm. And so they're like, you know, of course, they're going bananas. Now, the connection is, Mike, that most energy drinks have taurine in them. But what the news article author forgot to mention is that, one, this study was in mice. Yeah. And a lot of times when, you know, you do a study in mice, the, the results get lost in translation when they go to human trials. That's a fact. And then two, the study was on taurine, not sugary battery acid with a dash (laughs) of taurine like most energy drinks are. It's a huge, huge difference. Very big difference, Mike. Uh, Mike, Sri Lanka. I'm guessing, I don't think you've ever been to Sri Lanka, have you? No, I've never been. But I do know about the place. Looks nice. It does. You know, it's one of those places that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I'm 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 big into all of the the Southeast Asia places. Very yeah. cool, very cool. Anyways, in Sri Lanka, Mike, uh, doctors underwent emergency. Oh, I got uh, sorry, doctor. I got to say something. Sri Lanka, actually, I would be terrified to go to that place. I mean, come on, we know the history. Like, it looks great, but mm-hmm. kind of scary. I don't know. That's just me. Oh yeah, well no, no, no. Yeah, I uh, most of the places in Southeast Asia, I would never go. They just look really. They cool. look great. Yeah, and it's not even because of scary past incidences. It's just because I'm a lazy. P- That's yeah. more of the reason why I wouldn't go. Like you know, I I I have the money to do it. I could probably arrange the time to do it, but that's just <clears throat> that's a lot of work, Mike. Yeah, you know, it's a long flight. Yeah, well, that's a horrible part for me. Twenty, like twenty some hours to get over there, fourteen hour time zone difference. Mm, yeah. All I all I do was complain about how tired I was for the next you know week that I'm there. <laughs> Just like anybody else, about to die right now. <laughs> horrible. Anyways, Mike, I that has nothing soon. to do. All right. Anyway, <laughs> has nothing. Not 115. Um. Sri Lankan doctors, doctors in Sri Lanka, underwent emergency surgery on a patient this past week who had to remove 
a 5.26 inch, 1.76 pound kidney stone. Oh, gosh, that's terrible. Wow. Like, literally, they got a gross picture of this thing, Mike. Uh, it's like the size of a softball, uh, not a joke. And probably the same color, right? Uh, About, uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I, just, I just could I couldn't help but think, like, you know, all the pain the dude's in and wondered if, like, they gave him the option of passing that one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Doc, what's the results? Well, it seems you got a bit of a kidney stone. Hmm. It's uh, if you see here on this uh, this X-ray, it's the size of a softball. <laughs> um, you can try to pass it oh. if you want, but keep in mind your penis will probably explode like a grenade <laughs> if that happens. So, oh, gross. Your choice, whatever you think is best. Like, mm. ah, that's scary, man. No, mm. I'd rather die okay. in a tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be a real downer if that happened back to back oh, first God. your penis explodes and you get hit by a giant wave oh that is uh, nobody wants to be terrible. in that um mike ireland is inviting you to to, to come to their country mm. they want to revitalize their western seaboard hmm They've got about 20 small islands on the western seaboard, and they want people to move in there and refurbish the homes. Mm. This is a big deal in, in Europe. You know, everybody's leaving, like, the countrysides of different countries just because it's not practical to live there anymore. There's no reason to live there, so people just leave. Yeah. So, like, that that's happening in Spain and Italy, all over Europe. Happened in Ireland, too, apparently. And in, in Ireland... You, you, if uh, vacant home officers who are now on the case here, apparently, if they identify you as an individual, if you're selected, they'll actually pay you up to $92,000 to do this. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you'll move out there, you'll revitalize the house, and you'll just hang, you know? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, I was, I was, I was pretty into it. Uh, this this article was from CNN. I was pretty into into it until I got to this point in the article, Mike. It says, "quote The breathtaking landscape you might recognize from the Hollywood hit The Banshees of Inner Sheeran." What? <laughs> what? <laughs> now, if listeners remember to my uh, review of that movie, the one review point I had was the environment was depressing as. Sh yeah. <laughs> like, who were the people that saw that movie and were like, man, you know what? Looks cold, foggy, depressing, isolated, desolate. What a perfect place to live. If only I could live there. It'd be sweet. <laughs> like, that is not that is not the recruiting pitch you need, Mike. Nah. At least for me. I don't know about other people. But yeah. You had me until me. you said Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> sorry oh, sorry I irish you... listeners sorry. <laughs> sorry hey we got a couple but you know what they understand i guarantee you they understand it's one of those things it's one of those things that people like you know like it's when people make cracks about florida being insane it's not like i'm like no i'm like yeah, yeah. what are you gonna do yeah 
fair. Uh, you know, same thing. It's like Ireland. They're like, no, it's not rainy and cold. Really? Because it's 40 and raining. Yes. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> um, Mike, little headline from NPR. This is in the uh, pop culture department of NPR. Quote, Latinas are taking back the hot Cheeto girl archetype. Hmm. Yeah. There was an archetype. Yeah. Mike, just when I thought it was all mine. <laughs> just when I thought I could be the hot Cheeto girl archetype. Now they took it back. Well, what are you going to do? I'm not, I wasn't, I had to research what that actually was, Mike. I had no yeah. idea. Yes! Yeah. Hot mm -hmm. Cheetos. Delicious. <laughs> hot Cheetos. Takeaway. Good. Yeah. Uh, Mike, before we go to break, what do you want? Do you want uh, uh, a story about a Ukraine war? Uh, or do you want a story about a TikTok dad? Let's go with TikTok dad. All right. Um, Mike, uh... A TikTok dad, in quotations, TikTok dad, because uh, he does TikToks. Mm -hmm. um, he, he's from Belgium, and he made an elaborate ruse where he uh, tricked his family into thinking he died. Wow. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically like a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> he let his wife and his daughter uh, in on the prank. This was like this was like his you know, his uh, less than immediate family, the bigger family. That's who he was doing this on, mm -hmm. and so uh, his his he got even got his daughter to write messages online about how the the family was heartbroken and whatnot. Hmm. Then, when the less immediate family came to the funeral, this dad makes a dramatic arrival in a helicopter with a camera crew. Girl, come on! And he said, what I see in my family often hurts me. I never get invited to anything. Nobody sees me. We all grew apart. I feel unappreciated. Mm. He then pointed out that only half of his family bothered to turn up to his fake funeral. <laughs> And Mike, I got to say, if I was one of his family, I would have been like, this is exactly why we don't invite you to anything. That's a fact. Because you're the type of person that fakes your own death for TikTok. <laughs> we don't like you. Like, come on. And that's exactly why only half of your family showed up. Because oh, probably man. the other half was like, you know, it's probably some stupid stunt for his TikTok would be my guess. So, yeah, I'm not going. Nope. You know? Like, come on. Yeah, that's terrible. Be, be like, you hear the boy crying wolf? Next time you're dead, I'm not coming. Okay? Yeah. I'm not. Not. Ridiculous, Mike. Terrible. Ridiculous. We're going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guests. This is no love for the middle child. This is $100 right here on the Doc G Show. Breaking my back, but I never get far. Working till death when life only gets harder. In the blink of an eye, in the back of a car. Smoking till my fingertips burn, and I'm back where I started. Ooh, I keep comparing myself to everybody around me. 
at first when I'm facing a blunt It only gets worse cause I'm chasing a rush I'm sedated and stuck in a rut I'm impatient, it's never enough Ooh, I keep comparing myself to everybody around me Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Mike, what do listeners need to do? Hmm. Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive waste of their time, mm-hmm. please subscribe on Apple um, or wherever they get their podcasts. It's a cost-effective way to support the show. And uh, if they are feeling extra generous, please leave us a five-star review and a comment. We love comments. Mike, there were a couple uh, five-star reviews. Uh, or Well, five stars and a review that came in over the past yeah. couple of weeks. Heck yeah. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. It made Thank my you. day. You know, I like to point out the positive negatives. When the one star came in and it ruined my life. So true. It still is ruining my life. (laughs) The five star balanced it out a little bit. There we go. Made me a little, made made me, gave me a little sunshine. A little ray of sunshine on a gloomy day, you know? Mm -hmm. A little vitamin D for your mind. Amen. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Amen. We need to, uh, we need to thank those five star listeners, Mike. Yeah, we Here are the five star listeners. The regs. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartansburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and home of the Jays chips, Chicago, Illinois. Yes. There we go. There we go. Mike, I'm very excited that Chicago uh, is on the uh, five-star listeners. Don't get me wrong, other five stars. It's just because they're the new kid on, in, in town. Don't get, <laughs> don't get jealous. You guys are all very important to us. But, Mike, I sense, I, I, I felt since uh, me nor you had ever experienced a J-chip. Nope. And Chicago, I get it. I know you probably are like, Doc G, Jay's Chips is not the best thing about Midwestern food. I understand. 
I know there's thousands of other things that we could eat. We could have a Lou Malinati's pizza. We could have cheese <laughs> curds at Kroll's West. Oh, so, well, I've never had them there. but We could have curds. Chicago dogs at Super Dogs. We could have an Italian beef at Portillo's. I get it. We could do any of those things. But guess what, listeners? Jay's chips intrigued me. So true. Mm-hmm. So that's what I say about Chicago is Jay's chips. Interesting side note, Mike. You want to know how Jay's chips became Jay's chips? How did they become Jay's chips? Because of racism. Huh? Oh. <laughs> well. The company That's not good. The company was owned by the Japs family. And in 1940, uh. they were known as Mrs. Japs potato chips. And then Ooh. in 1941, Pearl Harbor was bombed by the Japanese. And grocery stores called it, started calling them. And listeners, you can make the jump of why they started calling calling them, telling them to take Mrs. Japs potato chips off of the market. Racism. Mm. And guess what? The next week, they changed the name to Jay's Chips instead of Mrs. Japs. Now, mm. is there anybody named Jay? Nope. Word. That was just the name that they were like, eh, it's sort of close to Japs. That's our family name, Japs. So we'll go with Jay's. And that's it. There's no J, Mike. It just came from racism. Mm. Jay's chips. There we now, go. Now, <laughs> the more important thing about Jay's chips, Mike, is that I felt since neither you nor I had had a J chip, we should. So guess what? Jay's chips are coming both our ways. What? You've got J chips coming your way, Mike. Uh, Doctor, I just wrote it down. I was Jay, gonna order us Jay, Jay chips. chips. Jay's chips are coming <laughs> I your was way. Do this. All you, right, I'll cross it off the list. <laughs> you've got the original. You've got the barbecue, and you got the hot N stuff chip coming your way. Nice, pumped. Yes, I'm pumped. So, All right. listeners, we will now know. We will not be in the dark and be like, "Well, I don't know what a Jay chip is tastes like." We'll know. We'll know what yeah. they taste like. So, we will. and if they if they suck, we'll take them off. We will not say the <laughs> home of Jay chips anymore. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, four-star listeners, Mike. We need to thank the four-stars, the semi-regs. Here we go. Shout-out to Columbus, Ohio. Shout-out. Shout-out to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Leesburg, Florida. Alma, Colorado. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Brookline, Massachusetts. Melbourne, Australia. Paris, France. Hendersonville, North Carolina. Richland, Washington, Durham, North Carolina, Piedmont, South Carolina, Elmsdale, Canada, Manchester, Connecticut, Cape Town, South Africa, Nashville, Tennessee, and Pasco County's very own Dade City, Florida. Yeah. Go. Dade right. City. Dade City, man, right there in the center of Pasco. My goodness. Right there in Nowheresville in between Tampa and Orlando. Mm -hmm. can't, can't get better. Uh, Mike, uh, let's see. I've got a couple of miscellaneous files we need to open here. So first off, uh, I've been seeing and hearing a lot of commercials for the old WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I've seen it on a TV. I've seen it on streaming. I've, yeah. I've, I've heard it on radio. Mm-hmm. And and I gotta be honest, their ads don't make sense to me. Nope. Like they're they're kind of dumb. Like hmm. 
I don't know. Did you see the one? They, they played one a lot during the NBA Finals uh, where they had this, uh, like, fake UPS store and people come in and ask to deliver a package and the guy at the store attaches it to a pigeon and the people are like, oh, my God, that's no way you're going to send a message like that. And he's like, oh, that's what it's like on your phone, sending a message that's unencrypted. And they go, oh, my God. Have you seen that one? No, I didn't see that one. Now, obviously, the idea, Mike, is sending a message by carrier pigeon is unsafe. Mm -hmm. And they equate that to sending an unencrypted message, which, first of all, I got to say, their analogy sucks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because even if my message is unencrypted, I have no doubt the person I'm sending sending it to is going to see it. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, there's no question. Other people may see it. But it's definitely going to get to the person that I need it to get to. With a pigeon, Mm -hmm. I think the bigger worry is he's going to get, like, sucked up by an engine of a plane or eaten by a hawk. I'm not worried about that with an unencrypted message. That's a fact. Second, unless you send your bank account number and your social security number constantly on your messages, you don't really have any worry about encrypting your messages. (laughs) Like... They, I love how this app plays on the fact of people being so self-involved. Yeah. Like, th- they think their <laughs> conversation is actually <laughs> worth stealing. Like, you're not the Prince of England. You're not LeBron James. No one gives a what you're saying in your text messages there's not somebody like in the in one of the the radio ads it's like these two people talking and it's supposed to be like you know some kind of like oh i gotta tell you this about our relationship i can't believe i'm saying this and then they put it in code and they're like don't you want that to be encrypted or everybody could see it and you're <laughs> like who's waiting to steal that nobody wants to hear that nobody's gonna nobody put cares Nobody's going to put that on TMZ and be like, Sally from Wisconsin said this. Can you believe? It's like, come on. I'm sorry, but your messages don't matter. Don't you realize that? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, Mike. Uh, Second miscellaneous thing. I was reading an article uh, for this show, and on the internet when I was reading it, at the end of the article, a little tab popped up from the website that said, was this article a good use of your time? And then had, you know, a five-star ranking. Yeah. And I was like, is there ever an article that's a good use of your time? <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like that's such a rarity. Like, and the the article I was reading was so stupid. The article I was reading was about Zion's personal life, you know? <laughs> and I was just like, who's going to be like, this is five out of five. I'm glad I wasted my time knowing about Zion's baby mamas. This was mm. super important to my life. Totally a good five minutes spent. <laughs> like, just dumb, Mike. Dumb. Yeah. I would read it. Of course. I read yeah. it too. But, you know, <laughs> I, again, afterwards, I wasn't like, well, that was a good use of my time. Nope. Mike, I've got these two stories left over real quick here before we go to break, before we get no uh, love for the middle child out here on the show. Uh, This stunning video from the front lines of the war in Ukraine, Mike. Mm. A Russian soldier was caught in the trenches of the uh, Bakhmut uh, battlefield by a Ukrainian assault drone. 
So the soldier, uh, you know, he's he's running through these trenches. Looks terrifying, right? There's yeah. bombs blowing up, Sounds missiles terrifying. going off. Uh, drone comes down, right? And you can see on the video, he's like pleading with the drone not to kill him, right? And so the drone operator flies the drone all the way back to himself, and he actually puts a note on the drone that says, hey, surrender, and we won't kill you, right? And he flies it back over there and drops the note, and the guy reads it, and he throws his uh, weapon down and throws his hands up, right? And uh, and uh, now the soldier is uh, in a detention center on the Ukrainian side of the battle. Yeah, wow, that sounds terrifying. Yeah, and I... and. Uh, uh, I gotta say, listeners, I 100% would be that dude. In oh, fact, yeah. I probably would have done it w- way before he did. I wouldn't have got to that. As soon as I heard gunfire, I would have been like, hey, should we all surrender? Did you just, <laughs> you just you just hear what we're walking towards? I don't... Yeah, I'm out. I thought they were joking about this. I didn't know. Like, And second, Mike, let's all agree, that guy can never go back to Russia. No way. I mean, like, and again, I 100% agree with him, but there's no way. That footage gets back to Vlad? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No way. Mm-mm. Honestly, I'm not, I, like, I don't know how the living conditions of the Ukrainian detention center are, but he's probably in there like, hey, can you guys keep me in here longer? Yeah. Can you? <laughs> I mean, even if the war ends, can I just hang out here? I feel pretty yeah. safe here. Just Yeah. Keep a guy, look out, anybody with poison that's coming to give it to me, don't don't let them in. You know, I'll just hang out here. Like, I, just, I don't know. I just, it doesn't yeah, seem good. Yeah, it'd be good. terrifying. Ugh. No, thank you. No, yeah. thank you, Mike. Drones. Uh, let's, let's, uh, drones. <laughs> Take Ugh, away, drones. This is so scary. Like, even just seeing them out, you know, when I'm on a walk or something, I'm like, oh, man, this is just... Attack drone! Ah! It sounds scary. I I told you, Mike, I wouldn't mind having a drone. Not an attack drone. I'm not looking. Don't don't get me wrong, listeners. A race drone. Like a racing drone. I don't want one with machine guns on it or anything. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for a a purely observant drone. That's what I want. You know, just just to go on Sunday cruises. Mm -hmm. Put on on my tunes, you know, my 70s soft jams, and just go Mm -hmm. cruising over the trees. That's what yeah. I want to do, you know? Anyways, that's neither here nor there, listeners. Um, Mike, I've got a classy story from the Daily Star in the UK. Word. Here's the headline. Mm. It's not easy having huge penises. Mm. They hurt women in the bedroom. Relatable. Relatable. Right? Relatable. Amen. <laughs> <sighs> this, this goes great with the uh, article I just wrote, Mike. No one wants millions of dollars. You'd probably have to open a bank account or something. So was this a good use of your time? Five stars. <laughs> totally. Now I realize that this huge weighing I have is a total downer. Whoops, my bad. Anyways, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than no love for the middle child right here on the dock. A G a show.
Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are very happy to have a very talented musician, songwriter, and producer known professionally as No Love for the Middle Child. He has a new single out called Closure. He'll be touring with former guest of the show, Grandson, later this summer. Andrew, welcome to the show. Yep, thanks for having me. For sure, for sure. So uh, first, I want to let listeners, uh, before we get to the new music and touring, take the listeners back. You are a Philly guy. Uh, yes. You're born in Ohio, spent your whole life in Philly. Uh, now, since you've been living in L.A. for the last several years, I got to ask, um, mm. would you categorize yourself, would you say you're a the aggressive Philly type guy? Are you the guy that wears Philly on your back? Yeah, I feel like it's hard not to. Um, I also moved out here. Um, originally, I moved out here with one of my best friends. He goes by 0936. Mm -hmm. I moved out here with him. So I was making all what I still do. I, I produced all of his music. Um, and then when he moved back home, mm -hmm. one by one, I brought homies out here. So I'm in a house full of Philly dudes. They tour with me. They help write the music with me. Um, so yeah, we just can't leave it behind. <laughs> we're very, we're very Philly still. I have to, I have to say if I were going to rate aggression in cities and not, and not like bad, like not like fighting aggression, just aggressive for the city. I would like say where the city on your sleeve. Yeah. yeah. I would say Boston is number one. Philly is number agree. two. That's, uh, I, I think uh, all all New York is too big, maybe. Yeah, it's just one of those things. They're like, ah, we're from New York, whatever. Like, it's not like you know. It's I I don't know. Philly, you've got the chip yeah. on your shoulder because everybody's always comparing you to New York. So it's like, hey, we're 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 better than we're unique. We're better than New York, you know? Yeah. It's, I can agree with that. I agree with that. It's it's funny. I uh you know city. It's it's a city like I said that just it loves their sports teams hard. And I've got I've got a shirt that's a smoking Joe Frazier shirt, and it's you know smoking mm -hmm. Joe Frazier, and on the back it says Philadelphia, PA. And uh, you know obviously by my voice, obviously I I'm not from Philadelphia, but regardless, right. when I'm walking somewhere and there is a Philly native or you know philly transplant and they see my shirt they immediately yeah, want to know my credentials from philly. <laughs> they're like they're like hey where are you from philadelphia and i was just like that nah, it's we gotta, not we gotta check you yeah i'm just like it's and then the funny part is is when like they go through everything too they're like family you any family i'm like no sorry and they they're so dejected it's like oh all right. Okay. We huh? lost a good one. That's why we lost a good one. We see potential. <laughs> well, 
I mean, you you mentioned Zero uh, and and working with him and talking about the hometown. Uh, and I mean, you obviously worked for many years in Philly before you moved to LA. Yeah. What what was it like recording my friends uh, in uh, Brooklyn Bowl in Phila- uh, Philadelphia? It looked so cool. That looked like such a fun video and just so hometown. How'd that feel? It felt really good. That song specifically was like such a journey, to be honest, because before Zero and I moved to LA, we wrote that hook. Um, it was on a beat. We never really could figure out what to do with the beat. We almost gave it away to so many people, that hook and beat, like someone else would sing it or maybe Zero would feature or whatever. Um, so I didn't end up deciding to cut it till like right before the Stan Atlantic tour. We kept Zero just redid his stuff. We're like, oh yeah, we'll see like if Stan Atlantic wants to be on it. And then, you know, we had toured with them before uh, for my project and, you know, got closer to them and we had talked about doing songs. So we did that. And then being able to do it in Philly, like, oh, Zero, pull up to Brooklyn Bowl. Let's just like shoot it live. Um, it, it was just it was awesome. It was one of the best feelings too. It was a little scary because, you know, when you're doing the show and you have like, the rig set up and you're running tracks and stuff. And then all of a sudden, like we're going to play this MP3 <laughs> and everybody's going to come out on stage. No one's got ears for the song. Yeah. It's going to see those. Um, but it was amazing. It was one of the most fun days too. So a lot of days on tour can be like sitting around or setting up a bunch or just like sometimes a little stressful. So this is one of those days where it's like, we get to like really do this. Just had fun. Like, like a good Yeah. Moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, if we, if we take it back to Philly uh, and, and you starting in music, I think I read you you started on piano. Was that the first instrument? Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now, was that was that forced or was it choice? Uh, by choice. My brother had this little keyboard, um, probably like this big, mm-hmm. and I just like saw Shrek one in the theaters. I like that I'm a believer song. And when I got home, I just like, I guess started playing it on the piano. My mom was like, oh, wow. Like, what's going on here? Nice. So I started, I started the lessons for that. Um, and it just, that started everything, you know. And just picked Classical it out jazz. by ear. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Now, now, how long was it before? Because if listeners don't know, one of the things you do for, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say a, a ton of artists, but it's in there and it's on your you know, social media and whatnot, you played cello. Um, yeah. When did cello start uh, after piano? How long did that take? I probably started playing piano. I feel like I started getting lessons in like fourth grade. And then in fifth was when, you know, you could pick an instrument and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I wanted to sign up for the stand-up bass. And somehow I got the cello instead. Um, so fifth grade is when that started. Um but I always had like a weird relationship with cello. It was one of those instruments where like I wanted to quit so bad when I was a kid. Um, Cause it's a different world. You just practice oh, yeah. like hours a day, practice for an hour a day. Um, I was going to go to school for it, like the works, you know? Um, but then when I kind of realized like it's a choice to play this instrument, like it can be as fun as I want it to be. I can play my own stuff. I can compose for other people. That's when I kind of realized like, Oh, this is, this is really fun. Now I, that's uh <laughs> I was I was about to I was about to, I'm I've got a question about that guy. Um uh-huh. now uh but as far as uh, for listeners by the way a cat jumped into the Zoom by the way that's that's what was going on there. Um but uh as far as cello like um was I, 
was that the main instrument that you were, like you said, going to go to college for? Was was the cello? Yeah. Nice, nice. And, and uh, I mean, I I always find any fretless instrument really daunting as far as just i mean it's uh that's it takes a lot yeah it's 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 a wild it's like you said it's a wild uh uh different world that you're living in there now it's pretty it's surprisingly ruthless my bad to cut you off um like the whole orchestra world you know like doing like districts or regionals or all the different orchestras like people really like it's cutthroat like i just didn't know that you know and um yeah, it was just like, it was crazy. I was going to go to college for it. Um, it just reached the time when it was like I was doing jazz piano so seriously and I was doing cello so seriously, but then I had my band um, with one of the dudes who lives with me now and plays in the band and I write with. But it was just a whole different world. It's like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I can stand this in addition to like. Yeah, uh, it's, it, it's funny, you know, you brought up as far as like, uh, uh, choosing your instrument and whatnot i think i've told this story before on the uh on the show but i was i was in concert band i played i played percussion and i often tell people you know i did that audition tried out and our band director you know places us but luckily because of where i went to school it was such a small school that like you know, normally it's like you said, they see what you have the ability for and they're like, okay, this is where you should probably be. This is where I, we had so few people. I was like, I want to play drums. She's like, oh, you're really not that good for that. And I'm like, I want to play drums. She's like, oh, all right. I don't have any other options. I guess you'll play drums. And it's just like, because she did the little, you know, she did the little practice like, okay, repeat this pattern for me. I, like, screwed up every single one of them. She was like, mm, mm. all right, well, I don't have any other choice. Go for it. Like, you know. But it's, uh, I mean, it is, like you said, it is it is definitely the, the performance aspect of, of musicianship and whatnot. It is a whole world sport everything. It's wild. But... I, I Everybody's he- waiting to take the spot, man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I I hear eventually, you know, people were telling you, like you said, you needed to choose an instrument, you know, and, and that sort of is what brought you to hip-hop in a way. But yeah. I hear, like, as far as inspiration, as far as hip-hop artist, Lil Wayne was... was the, the first, was he the first hip-hop artist that really got you going? For sure, yeah. I mean, like like a lot of people, I feel like, that like came up when I came up, you know, Tony Hawk was like a big gateway to music. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a lot of punk, a lot of like rap, but um, I'm also like passively listened. And then, yeah, I got into Lil Wayne around the time of like the Carter Four dropping. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like my jazz piano teacher was kind of like, if you want to do jazz seriously, um, it's just practice time. Like there's only so many hours in the day and if I'm doing an hour guitar, I mean an hour piano, an hour cello, and then whatever else, there comes to a point where you gotta start doing two hours of work. Yeah. And what I was saying, if someone trying to take your spot is, I mean, for percussion specifically, if, if you're majoring in like orchestral percussion, there's probably one job opening a year for an orchestra mm-hmm. in the whole world. So like everybody's trying to do it better. And it's, they were kind of saying there wasn't time for that. And, you know, I started listening to hip hop and just hearing like, full orchestras and then like a guitar. And I'm like, wow, I can, 
I'll just put everything here. My brother had logic on his computer, with a little keyboard amp that he ran it through. And I was like, let me just learn this because I can kind of make my own music. And I was in a band at the time and I feel like we were young enough where I always knew I wanted to do music seriously, but some of the guys, you know, kind of found different paths, whether it be like drugs or just wildness, you know, <laughs> general wildness. I was always the one that was like, guys, if we're gonna do this, like we have to like be doing it, you know? So I found that making beats was the easiest way to be in control of my own thing. Yeah. Now, originally, when you first heard, when you first heard hip hop, did you think, did you think it was like actually live instrumentation, all of it? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I, I like, I still kind of do. Like, I play my own arpeggiations and stuff. Like all the like, no, 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 you know, because I just didn't know that was a thing. And I kind of, it's fun to do. It's fun to try and stuff. Like, I definitely do like an old school way sometimes, just like. To get to keep my chops because I, I won't always be practicing like I used to, so it's fun. Well, I was about to say it definitely adds to it. I mean, you 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 look at some of the best producers, and there's there's always that addition of live live instrumentation. I mean the the Dr. Yeah. Dre's, the the Pharrells, the you know, Scott yeah, on the piano, exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, yeah, I thought I, when you you know when I was going over uh, Lil Wayne, I thought it was going to be. I was I was going too old. I thought it was going to be Carter three. Uh, it's Carter four. Man, that's the classic one. But I put four with three. I really do. Because just what it was in my like upbringing. Nostalgia. Know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Carter Carter three is. Whew, it's it's big for me. I love Carter three. It they just had the uh, they just had the anniversary. Yeah. I think like a or two ago. Crazy. It is. Yeah, I feel like I'd be I'd be starstruck to meet Lil Wayne. I would love to work with him. He yeah, he just wanted to do you know he just like. Just seen so many interviews, seen so many videos, just larger than life. So, so, so prolific as an artist at that time. I mean, now he he spaces his stuff out, but like, I mean, and I always tell people it's funny. I mean, he definitely grew into it, but it's like he basically told people he was the best artist until people believed him. Like, (laughs) and he's been doing it since he was like 13. Yeah, it's it and it's nuts to look at, you know, from the hot boys to to Carter one to Carter two, like the evolution and the improvement of those lyrics as he goes. It is it's bananas. Um, So I love it. I think you mentioned you said your brother had Logic. Was that the the doll that you started with? Yeah, and I still use now. Um, that was the one. Nice computer. Nice. I got, I've got some uh, former uh, guests that are producers that that apparently it's a, it's a wave of Ableton users out there. Uh, it's a lot. There's a lot. A lot of people have tried to convert me. A lot of hip hop producers use Ableton. I use Ableton for the live set. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Catman. Um, <laughs> but he's like using the computer to pet himself. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, Ableton is really dope. Um, it's just one of those things like the learning curve. Like I feel like I started getting the bigger placements um, right when I was debating if I was going to switch and I, and I worried about the time spent learning. If mm. It would be better spent capitalizing on that. So... I didn't end up making the switch. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is crazy. I was just telling somebody the other day that doesn't really know anything about dolls, by the way, uh, listeners. I'm pretty sure they know since I've talked about it a good amount of times, but it's digital audio workstation, whatever software you're using. And, like, that's mm-hmm. the crazy thing about it is, like, they're way more complicated to master than, like, an instrument. Like, there are just so many things on them and so many tools and aspects. And, you know, I, I've, I've, been using, I've been using FL and, and, and uh, Adobe Audition for I don't know how many years. And there's things all the time that I'm just like, what? That's where? How do you? I had a new idea. Well, okay, like. Oh, got those drums, though. Yeah. The unfair drums. They knock. It is. It's, it's, it's really, it drew me in uh, one of the music majors that I knew in, uh, in undergrad. That's what he always used. Way back 2005, he was using it and just, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I drew me in automatically. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Some of the best Philly producers used FL. Nice. Nice. Well, I mean, speaking of that, you, you start, you start switching over to production, more hip hop. Um, mm-hmm. it, did you just start? And I, I think you just sort of started sending out your beats, right? Was it just like, just like DMing every hip hop artist you can think of, being like, "Hey, want to use this?" Yeah. So I kind of started. Um, the the band that I was in was pretty adjacent with this um rap collective in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, with this uh, he's like a Philly OG. I, I feel like at this point he goes by Theodore Grams, but he had his like click of artists and stuff so we kind of knew some people and just being in the mix and then yeah i started emailing people beats um yeah and it just kind of went from there i I was scared back then um like sending one beat to one person to send that same beat to someone else because i worried like whatever if only i knew what i know now you just send that to everybody you just remake it if someone does the same beat it's like one of those things um yeah i started sending it to people i also started recording people in my mom's attic mm. um that's probably the biggest way that i got placements um i would just have people come over i made like a list actually of like artists um in the city that i wanted to work with kind of like the various levels and i really like how much of a community hip-hop is and that everybody collabs with each other but knows each other so it's kind of like well i could make a beat for this person if i link with this person who i also like i know that they our homies are like, they yeah. like make similar music. They have collabed in the past. They come through and Instagram was different a, a little bit ago. I feel like people were like posting more, you know, like posters in the studio today. Mm-hmm. Someone else sees it, they share it. You know, we all do that. And then it kind of just like leads to this following in the city. And um, I took like a month or two to like work with almost everybody, to be honest. And um, it was, it was way more local in, in Philly. Yeah. More local, um, a lot of characters. Uh, um, and yeah, that's actually how I met Zero. Zero was rapping, um, came to the studio, we just hit it off so nice. well. Nice. And I've been suffering ever since, which is crazy. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, just thinking about it, not on the local sense, but thinking on it on the, you know, the global sense, I always think it's just so hard because, like, I mean, half the time on different streaming services, when when we post our our podcast, you know, you'll get the spam comment on there like, "Hey, checked out your beats. They're awesome. I want to work with you." And I'm like, "I don't 
Yeah. I don't think this is, this is for, but like, I mean, you know, if you're a producer and you're actually one, you're like, Oh really? Oh, I'll follow up on, Oh, it's spam. Like it's just, well, that's, that's what's great about beats is that you're just offering a service. Like you're offering something. Um, and a lot of my beats that I didn't charge up front for when I first started, it would be like on some, with Lincoln back end figured out later. Mm -hmm. Um, go from there yeah yeah well now so it helps. one of the big breakthroughs as far as production uh was pnb rock that was one of the first uh people that you worked with uh i mean was that a sort of through the grapevine of working with one person and then working with another and them saying hey you should work with them is that how i mean was it networking yeah um it was a lot of networking. A lot of it is from his brother who uh, makes music. Uh, PMB Mean is his name. Mm -hmm. I was making all of his stuff. Like he, he had gotten out of jail around the time that PMB Rock was like really like localized famous. Like Philly, New York, like couldn't really go outside without people running up to him. You know, mm -hmm. like it, back then in like New York, Philly, Boston, Jersey, whatever, he was like an A-list celebrity. Mm -hmm. you know, it was like really crazy to see his brother got out of jail in the midst of that and just kind of instantly had this buzz um, out of nowhere. He didn't even really know, I feel like, how big his brother was. Um, and I remember I just cold emailed him. There was like a lot of people like that like were friends with that camp and stuff like that. Um, even Zero used to do the artwork for PNB Rock back in the day, you know. Um, and I remember I just emailed him some beats. I didn't know, but he responded. I was like, yo, let's get it. Like, I'll come through. Didn't see that email. And then I randomly, I think, out and about, um, made the connection and they came through um me and his brother like one summer like we're really like taking over like it was like means moment for sure um he was like just dropping songs all the time and then that led to rock coming through um and yeah it's just crazy yeah well i mean obviously uh listeners that follow the hip-hop world know uh that he was murdered in la uh last year yeah. I mean, it wasn't like you guys were obviously best friends, but uh, how, I mean, that had to be mind-blowing, seeing that news and just being like, whoa. Bro, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Um, I personally couldn't believe it. Uh, I don't think anybody could believe it, to be honest, but yeah, I mean, one of my closest friends out here, he makes beats, he's from Philly, he was signed to him back in the day, like uh, the song I made for Juice World, I was at PNB Rock's house when I made it in L.A., my first year out here, I used to go over to that spot a decent amount because that's where my friend Jack was living. Um, like I was like around a lot, like the song I produced, you know, like I was in the video, like he played at the Met, like him like that. Mm -hmm. um, just like was around a lot. Yeah, not like not like a best friend or anything. Yeah. Um, went to Germany together. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's like a lot of, a lot of stuff. It was just wild, you know? Um, that was just one of those dudes I feel like was like... Um, had like a magnetic personality. Mm. So it's, it's interesting to think that someone would want to do anything bad. Random, random violence, man. Um, well, after, after working with PNB, uh, well, not after, uh, building off of that and getting more sort of work, that was the, you know, the, the big jump, I think, afterwards when you got to work with Papa Mitru, uh, hip-hop producer known for working with Meek Mills, and yeah. uh, he hit you up, asked you to work with him on track 
for the championship album. Uh, give us a little insight on into that one. How did you know? How did it go as far as just? Uh, I mean, it sounds sort of a little bit out of the blue the way that I heard it. As far as sort of just like, hey, yeah. let's let's work on this. What's crazy if my uh, my memory doesn't mistake me? Um, I think that I actually did the meat stuff a little before like the PNB rock song dropped. Mm. Um, I was around them a lot, but um, Chophead, who is one of my best friends, lives with me, DJs on the road uh, for me. And then we write a lot together for my project and other artists. Um, he actually put me with like the meat camp in a lot of ways. So me and Nick had started cooking up from that. Like since I'm, theory trained i'd always do like the instruments he would do the drums um like we got some like jada kiss song together with fat boy we, we we did a bunch of stuff and then yeah all of a sudden it was like meek is making this album we need an intro oh my god i can't fumble this we, we sampled a bunch of different stuff we did we are the champions by uh queen mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff and you know a bunch of things were falling through and i think like maybe like a year prior like there was like a, a a situation where I didn't get credit for something that kind of like rattled me. So mm. didn't really know what was going on with this and was like, I fumbled this one. And then just ran was like, yeah, we're putting this out. So that year in Philly was a lot. So it was like the PMB rock thing happened, mm. you know, like the Jadakiss thing, the Meek thing. It was like, whoa, I got to like really, I got to really like work now. What now? I- That's opens it up for you, you know? Yeah, well, now, I mean, with that opportunity, I mean, before that, you you had done all kinds, like you said, you'd done all kinds of different artist stuff before you really started producing a good amount. I mean, you were in hip-hop group, you were in uh, punk folk group types of things, but at this point when you'd got there and you were doing, you know, these type of uh, these types of production things had you sort of told yourself okay I'm 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 a producer I'm not an artist I think so you know um I was writing a decent amount for myself like even I have a song called Frozen under the No Love Project I wrote that during that time like that's how old that is um Closure wrote that song back then mm. uh, my next song which is called Spiteful wrote that back then that actually got me signed by my manager to put out this kind of music. But like, I was just like writing for myself, writing with my friends, writing with Chop, uh, my homie Alex, and then Gabe. Um, so like, we didn't really know what was going to happen with it though. Like we're just kind of making it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess kind of like, cause you do so much of one style. It's like, Oh, let me go over here and make this then to like, and that's one thing I'm really thankful about with production. I mean, is that if I make a certain kind of music now, if I want to make some like, really energetic, angry thing. It might not fit me. Let me go over here and make it for someone else. Yeah. That's kind of like how we were treating it back in the day. Nice. Well, so now you mentioned it. So it wasn't, it wasn't your, it wasn't your, uh, solo stuff that took you to LA. It was, it was working with zero that took you to LA. Yeah. So he, we had gone to LA a few times for some other stuff for him. And then, it looked like, you know, we were about to, like, really take this project seriously to come out with me, make all my music. Um, it's going to be more guitar-driven. And then in that process, his manager heard my music. Because, you know, Zero is a real one. He's like, yo, check out 
my friend's music. It's really good. And he's like, wow, I really like, really like this Spiteful song. Let's see what we got. And then we just started working that way. And then probably like a year and a half later, I started dropping. Because I think it's been like two and a half years that I've been an artist. So, um, so that was really sort of the spur of you becoming an artist was Zero saying, hey, check this out. Did, I mean, did, I, so did you have that in the back of your head that you still wanted to be an artist, but you just sort of said, well, I probably won't be, but I'll just make these tunes anyways. Yeah, and I think the thing that made me always want to be is just being able to perform your own songs is my favorite part of all this. Nice. Um, and not being able to do that was like kind of upsetting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the production will can be so competitive because um, it's like it's not your thing like you have a slightly removed end of it mm-hmm. um, not everybody does but I find like if I'm doing like a bunch of things over here then over here I'm like like stacking your chips in, in a way you know you could be passionate about all of it but you can spread yourself thin and I remember just being like yo I, I want something that like really fulfills at the same time um, and that's kind of where that came into play nice well just couldn't believe it you know, when like yeah, I'm actually gonna put out my own stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, so let's let's talk about your own stuff that you've you've done. Uh, I mean, for 2023, it's been a it's been a pretty solid release. You had a full album last year. Um, mm-hmm. This year, you've had five singles already, uh, with closure wow. just being released. That's the the, the newest and. You do you do a good amount of uh, well, especially this year you've done a good amount of collaborations. Um, yeah, you know, two a.m. was with Dwayne. Uh, tell t- tell me about working together. Tell me about how you know that came together and the the song release happened. I forget how we initially linked up, but he came through to my old house and just instantly the vibes were immaculate. Um, just was like one of those things like oh I know this is like a friendship mm-hmm. also started working on his album we did a bunch of songs i think four made the project and then it was just natural that it's like yo let's do a song together i had this song idea that my whole house and i had started and like yeah what do you think about this and he really liked it um and hopped on it and yeah since then we've started working on his next album so it's been dope nice nice good people dude and then you've got done chasing uh which was with luke wilde and, and dive liner um how how is this i mean is this one of those things that when you got to la these sort of connections happened really quick was that uh i mean was that sort of fast evolving or no um i would say not at first because when i excuse me kitty when i first got to la um covid hit not too long after mm-hmm. and i was kind of just like producing for zero and you know, working with other rock producers to kind of like learn the ropes. You know, I was always Zero's guy, but they were, we were switching kind of what we were doing. So it's like I had to learn a little bit. You know, I'd just be in the room. I'd be like playing all the instruments, thankfully, so I could like get it, get my production on there. But um, I didn't really meet too many people. Then COVID hit. Um, and it wasn't until like, uh, you know, I produced that, this song called Paralyzed by Swaco and kind of, started like going out more and COVID was done. Those things together put me in like the mix of meeting people. Um, Cause then all of a sudden more artists in that genre wanted to come through mm. to the house, get a beat, all that. Luke and uh, Dive Liner, that came about same way as Dwayne, you know, Luke came over for a session, 
probably hung out two hours before we made anything outside playing uno you know shooting <laughs> and um yeah it was like eventually that song came about you know i think uh dive liner luke me and then gabe who i mentioned drummer and, and writer on the project of mine um we're just hanging out we're like yo let's make a song and then we've made something that's a little different for all of us nice now, well i mean it's, it, like it seems like now that's the thing is it, you you've got a lot of collaborations a lot of natural uh, collaborations that didn't really yeah. take you know too much it, it's not forced it's better that way i think people can sense when it is and also like I think, like, collab with someone you're a fan of, you know, even if they're not your friend or something, and, like, it'll still be dope because, like, you're doing something with someone you like. It can put you in a certain lane for the listener, too. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they know this person, you know, like, I'm equating it to this, you know, because you're trying to build this world as an artist, you know, but overall, if you just have a friend that doesn't view it as marketing or business or whatever, it's just always going to be better. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, now I mentioned, uh, you have, you, you've collaborated with at least two. I know of our former guests on the show, Maxwell from mob rich and grandson. Uh, both these guys, uh, you actually worked with Maxwell to co-produce Heather mm -hmm. on grandson's new album. Uh, I love you. I'm trying. I was going to ask how that one came about, but I guess since he's your roommate, uh, that's, <laughs> that's, well, that was actually, um, a year prior. He started living with us about a year ago. He's currently two floors down. Um, uh, that came about, I guess, cause Jordan came over and brought Maxwell cause Maxwell was writing a lot. And then, yeah, we just knocked out Heather that day. Um, we didn't really think much of it though. Cause it's like a ballad. It was like two instruments at the time. Mm -hmm. The next two years, it was just always like, this one's going to be on the album. We're kind of like, okay, we'll figure out like how to finish the production. And then, yeah, dropped pretty similar to the demo. Just added some cellos, added some layers. Well, nice. It was fun. Def definitely came out good. Sounds amazing. Um, well, now, uh, before we get, well, two things. One, I noticed uh, you and Maxwell uh, in one picture on Instagram. It was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you guys were standing there with a basketball. Uh, now, was it was there any evidence? I, I didn't see anything as far as actual basketball playing. Did there actually take place some hoops in that in yeah. that instance? Yeah, 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 we we try and go like once a week. We've been kind of failing at it. But yeah, it'll be like Jordan uh, Maxwell, like my house and stuff. A bunch of cool producers, writers. We just go and play some basketball. Love I'm it. not good. I do one <laughs> defense. Um, I think I did that day win the game-winning point. Nice. Was it my only point? Yes. <laughs> hey, that's all I that mean. counts. Yeah. <laughs> when you need Tried it. One, one. When yeah, you need exactly. it, come through. That's nice. That is nice. Man, everybody, <laughs> terrible. everybody loves some outside ho hoops, though. That's nice. That's. Yeah. I, I, I was one of the sports I never played growing up, so it's nice to do it now. It's just. Oh, man. I was better. I, I played it all the time. Fun fact, uh, I think I've told the listeners before, but uh, let's see. About nine years ago, eight years ago, uh, nine years ago, I had a, uh outdoor basketball league. Uh, I made my own outdoor league tournament, uh, the Doc G Basketball League. It was... Uh, 
good times, man. You can't get better than 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 sun, tunes, Gatorade, basketball. Just yeah, you got to. It's nice to outside. Yeah, you got to have some lemon lime Gatorade. Uh, That dramatically makes the time better if you have some lemon lime Gatorade. Um, I'm a cool blue fellow. That's my second. That's my second is any uh, glacial freeze, I think, is my favorite. Uh, we did that one time on the show, ranked uh, top three Gatorade flavors. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those fruit punch guys. I mean, I can drink it, but it's just yeah, it's not going to do it for me. It's not going to. I had a hilarious experience with the fruit punch, and I vowed to never drink it again. Oh, no. What would you do with fruit punch? Uh I'll try and do the short version. So I was in this French class in high school. Um, five of my best friends were all in it. So pandemonium all the time. Mm-hmm. We all skipped class the same day. Got an in-school uh, in-school suspension. So we had to like go in, whatever. We all ate weed brownies. Um, one of the dudes that I did it with actually just walked in the door. That's right. <laughs> um, and I just remember like I- I've had a very bad experience every time I've had a weed brownie. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time I did it, because I was like, yo, I'm vowing to never do it again. But I passed out in in-school suspension. Um, woke up on the floor, got rushed out. They, the nurse gave me this red Gatorade, and I swear, since I was like just still uh, quite under the influence, it was perfume. Like, I just tasted it. I was like, this, is, this tastes like perfume. Like, I know it. Um, it actually led me to throw up before I got rushed to the hospital. Mm. And then they just didn't. I got no homework for a week and a half. They thought I was overworked. Ah, the cl- but mind, I'm like, yo, I can't go down like this. I can't, I can't snitch on the person that got me the brownie. Like, I just can't. God, the stress. The classic symptoms of overworked. Uh, the classic. <laughs> yeah. Man, that is uh, now. Now there's somebody in the in the Philadelphia school systems that's listening. That's like, I knew it. Oh my god, yeah. I put all the pieces <laughs> together. Did. Oh no! <laughs> get back to have, get some detention, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, last uh, question about collaboration before I want to go on here to uh, working with with Jordan here this summer. I he's he's been he's been walking through the video multiple times, but I've seen you collaborate with an orange cat several times on social media, and I gotta ask, is this your cat? Uh, this is Gabe's cat, but I've lived with Gabe the last like three years so i would say it's also my cat his name is zero as well he's also ginger um but i knew this cat before i knew zero the ginger human ginger uh seems to be a fan of you i mean i'm a fan of it okay good good there's there's uh (laughs) there's there's (laughs) there's no infighting good i was worried there's there's, you got yeah. one picture there, the most recent one, and he just, I, I think it's something genetic with orange cats that they like to sleep with their head, like their face, just buried in something, like just head first. And they like it all. They like the little. Yeah. Thank they're, they're This dude is talkative ever. I've never seen anything like it. They're a, they're a wild, they, they seem to be a, just a whole different type of cat, those orange cats. They seem to. They are, he's staring at me. He's literally right here, staring at me. <laughs> he's like, "You guys need to stop talking about me." <laughs> he's like, I, "I wanted to be a part of this. I don't want to be talked about, though." Good lord, it's not right. No. They're, they're playful. The orange cat is the place, the most playful, I believe. 
uh, as I like to say, uh, hard loving, hard fighting. That's usually an orange cat right there. Uh, For sure. I mean, he used to be half outdoor until he moved uh, under this spot with coyotes all over. I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want to be outdoor with that going on. That is. He, he would lead the pack. We just don't really want to have coyotes. In there. <laughs> He just come in with three coyotes behind him. What the? He brought a raccoon in uh, in the Philly house. He he fought or brought? Brought. He brought one in. He, he used to like go in and out. I guess he befriended a raccoon, brought it in. You know, my roommate like woke up thinking zero was in the room, and it was a raccoon. Here's a trash panda just hanging out. Oh my what? gosh! All over Philly is crazy. Man, I wanna. Man, now I want to be friends with Ginger. Uh, man, one me over. Um, I'll hook you up. Nice, nice. Yeah, put in a good word for me. Let him know I'm a cool guy. Uh, maybe, maybe I can get an in- interview with him soon. Next. Um, now, uh, like I mentioned, uh, the other collaborator. I mean, this is going to be really cool. You are going out on the road with grandson this summer, and you're doing the Canadian shows with him. So, yeah. Jordan's hometown. So, I'm guessing these shows are going to be bananas. Um, how excited. excited. Yeah. It's um, it's dope. It's our, it's our first tour in a while, too. We kind of took some time off um, after we were out with Charlotte Sands. Um, so, yeah. It's like, I don't think I'm even mentally, like, really in it yet. Like, we're prepping. Um, I find with production, like, my head will be so in one space. It's like, I'm making songs and then, like... Oh yeah, I'm about to be on like the road, only focusing on the performance of the song. Yeah, such like that day that we fly out or drive out, it's gonna be like whoa. Um, but we're starting with like the more B market uh, United States show. Yeah, um, we're in Albany, which I think is gonna be like really crazy. Um, just kind of warm us up for Canada. Yeah, some big venues. The venues like why should the B market like some will be like. Mid-sized, but I think one is huge. Now, it's gonna be a bag. Is this your first time going through Canada? We went through Canada with Stan Atlantic, but only two cities: Montreal and Toronto. Montreal was dope. I like that spot. Nice. So this will be a this will be more of a grand tour. Yeah. What? I'm gonna be looking out the bus, like waiting for the trailer park boys to walk around. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, what else? Can listeners look out for the rest of 2023 when we talk about No Love for the Middle Child? Um, more releases, more touring. What what do we have in store? Um, I believe we're going to try and lock in one more tour before the end of the year. Um, probably the next two months, I'm going to drop a song a month again. So Closure just came out. I'll have the song called Spiteful and then maybe a song called Pet Names next. I'm still deciding. And then I think I'm going to like try and more of the three song project thing I used to do or maybe five like build more of the world um, I might do like this short little the short film style live performance thing I've been doing these like 45 second music video visualizers mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna kind of to life along with us playing with them so um, some a little different from what I've ever done but we're gonna start that nice. each, each visualizer done has kind of been in preparation for that so nice uh, so a lot of new music, um, a lot of, hopefully a lot more shows, and then this video, yeah. Man, just a whole lot of work, and I'm guessing I'm guessing you're still doing a bunch of production on top of that. Oh yeah, 
absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of production stuff coming. Love it. For sure. Love it. Well, Andrew, we are up against a break. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It means a lot. For sure. Listeners, you can follow him on social media at No Love Stream. All of his music on all the platforms. Closure is out now. Let's hear it right now, right here on the Doc G Show. This is Closure. Go. On the Doc a G, a show you just heard no love for the middle child. That was closure. 
Mike, just out there living the dream in LA, Mike, you know, just being, just collaborating with all kinds of people. It seems yeah. like it, it's another one. It's, it's a little bit like flip turn, Mike. His life makes me go, man, I want to be, I want to do that. You know? Yeah. I want, I want to be out there and be like, you want to make a song together? Yeah, let's go make a song. Oh, there we go. Song done. You know, yeah. like, and just so true. Wipe out song. And then, and then you go play. Go play basketball with all your musician friends, and you're just like, mm-hmm. "This is what we do. We make tunes and we hang out." Seems like a great life. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I, I mean, I the the thing that uh, keeps me from that is the lack of musical talent. But like, <laughs> same. You know, I wish I wish I had a little. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know, it'd be nice. Be nice. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> I. Uh, uh, well, and uh, listeners, any of the Canadian listeners that we have out there, make sure you check out uh, No Love for the Middle Child and Grandson. It's going to be some fantastic shows. You got to check that out. It's going to be a good time. That's a fact. But, uh, Mike, I've got horrible news. Huh. The horrible news is, listeners, we don't have a Mike C top three. Mm. Don't know if you listeners noticed, but we forgot to get the topic for last week. We finished our topic of the 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 top three movie cars, and then we just didn't. I didn't follow up. I didn't ask Mike what's the topic for next week, and I thought it would be unfair to you, the listener to just talk to Mike off air and be like, what's our topic going to be? And then not share it with you. Sure, I mm-hmm. could have put it on social media. I could have put it some other places so you'd know. But then I was like, what about the listeners that just listen to the show and don't go on social media? That's a fact. And those people are the ones that matter the most as far as what the show's content is. I was like, I can't betray that. Nope. So I didn't do one, mm-hmm. listeners. So Mike, for next week, what is our topic? Let's do top three chips. Wait, what? How's that? <laughs> where'd that come from, Mike? Where, where'd that one come from? Jay's chips, number one on the list. <laughs> now, I don't know. I don't know. Now, I think, I think before Did you. We do? Yeah. I think at some point in time, we might have done that. I'm pretty sure we did. I think we did. I, I, I'm going to, I, we can do hmm. it. We can do it real quick, Mike, but I think we need a we need another topic. We can do Okay, how about top three people that you would want to have a conversation with? Twenty minute combo with Living Dead or Alive. Oh, Dead or Alive. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Is that good? Yeah, oh that's yeah. good. That's that's gonna okay. be really hard. I mean that's another okay, yeah, one yeah, that's yeah. gonna be a it'll be challenging. A lot of people I'd like to chat with, you know? Yeah. It's gonna be tough. But okay. All right. Okay. All right. Top three listeners, top three people, 20, 20 minute convo. Can it be longer? Sure. Like if we get really 30, if, if, 30 minutes. If we get really <laughs> chatting a good amount. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. Top three people you want to have a 30 minute conversation with. Anybody. Anybody. A- anybody. Now, Mike, I've got a little bit of a surprise because even though we don't have a top three, I'm going to do a substitute top three real quick. Okay. Because as I told you, uh, I watched Footloose last night. Sweet. Yeah. The original Footloose. 1984 Footloose. And I thought, what better thing to do than top three takeaways from Footloose? 
<laughs> what are my top three takeaways from the movie Footloose? Uh, Mike, there are so many takeaways that you could have from this movie. Uh, so many ridiculous things. Mm-hmm. But I'll try to, to make mine <laughs> as focused as this show as possible. Uh, Number three. Hilarious. Number three. Passionate kisses still yeah. exist in 1984, <laughs> but they make you wait, Mike. Uh, yeah, 70 minutes into the movie before the oh. first passionate kiss. Mm. 70 minutes. Jeez. But, listeners, my God, is it passionate when it happens. Yeah. I mean, it is wet. The mouths are open. <laughs> He's like going on her <laughs> nose half the time. You're just like, wow, they are getting in there. That is. Oh, wow. Yeah. They did a nose cross. Yeah. Oh, it was. <laughs> it was, you know, heads were turning back and forth. <laughs> Dane Cook, uh, you know. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Great bit. Great bit. Oh, gosh. But uh, that's my number three. Number two takeaway. Hmm. There wasn't one non-white person in this movie. Oh, wow. I did not. Oh man. Like if if I were Ren, the dude that moves into this town, I'd be like, anybody else notice this is a hundred percent plain vanilla in this town? <laughs> like we're all white. Anybody else not find this suspicious? Yes. Like, there's not one black dude. Not <laughs> not one old asian dude that works in town or like oh, one man. old mexican Hilarious. lady somewhere like nope plus i hate to tell you probably a strong correlation to why uh dancing is outlawed in our town i'm just gonna say doesn't surprise me since we're 100 percent white i'm just gonna say <laughs> it's not our strong suit as white folks that's just uh we don't tend to do this very well doc g where'd that where'd that movie take place supposed to take place in idaho Okay. The original, yeah, the original was Idaho. Um, well, you know. Eh, I mean, if you're looking for <laughs> non-diverse states, yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm just saying. They did rectify that when they did the uh, remake, you know, in 2011. Yeah. Put it in Georgia, and they're like, you know what? Let's have some some diversity in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to add some people that aren't all white. How about that? Huh? And good at dancing, probably. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, but, Mike, let's go to my number one takeaway from uh, Footloose. My number one takeaway, the leading lady, Ariel. Hmm. She needs a psychiatrist. That's a fact. Like, she doesn't need to dance. That is not her number one priority. Review the movie, listeners. Her brother died in a horrific car accident. Her dad punched her in the face. Her ex-boyfriend punched her in the face. She was assaulted twice in the span of like a oh two days. A dance isn't going to help her. Oh, you know what? I'll dance away in my trouble. I've been assaulted multiple times. But you know what? Just got to let my feet kick loose you know I'm gonna get out there shake it loose on the on the dance floor like come on man no she starts talking to me as Ren. i'm gonna be like listen i'm gonna find you a counselor <laughs> that's a fact we're gonna get this worked out because you are not in a good place of life right now this is not i just 
breeze over this. I mean, this movie was made in today's society, Mike. She would not be... This is not a healthy place to be. This is not... <laughs> this is not a good... Like, I mean, it, it's, it's clear from the beginning. The beginning of the movie, she's going down the road in two cars like they're skis. She's got one on both sides, which, first of all, oh my gosh. it's complete. Yeah, it's completely impossible. The wind would have blown blown her back. She would have died immediately. But like, second of all, if she's got that much of a of a carelessness for life, we need to talk to a counselor. We need to get some things mm-hmm. straightened out. Dancing is not the the answer to all of your problems. I hate to no. say, maybe it's, a couple, but yeah. It's, I mean, no. it's it, but all you're doing. You're just putting it to the side. You're just pushing yeah. it to the side. Anyways, Mike, that's my three takeaways from Footloose. Uh, honorable mention, Doc G. Uh, hey, it's probably not a great idea to go, no matter how frustrated you are, to go dancing. Anger dance? An abandoned <laughs> warehouse. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Anger dancing can, can get rid of a lot of your problems, Mike. Now, I mean, yeah. you know, Rin... He was just dealing with some some frustrations, you know. <laughs> he he'd been accused of being a, a druggie. He'd been accused. Yeah. He'd been uh, kicked off of the gymnastic squad. Which you know, side note, uh, this town is like what twenty people, and their high school's <laughs> big enough to have a gymnastics team. Huh? Like that'd be another one that I'm just like, what? <laughs> we got a gymnastics team. And I know everybody in town who's signing up for this gymnastics team. Anyways, he was kicked off the gymnastics team, you know, and uh, he, he doesn't really like his uncle so much. His uncle's being a bit of a you know, and so he's just got to dance it out. That's a little yeah. bit more understandable, you know, but then for uh, sure. Ariel comes over and you're like, whoa. Oh, I never was physically assaulted. Okay, I just, I, I just got some teenage angst here. You've got some real stuff going on here, you know. Anyways. That's a fact. Plus, she's she's very forward after that. I don't know if you remember that, Mike. He he dances his heart out. You know, he does his little yeah. zigzags across there. Oh, he does hilarious. his little jazz steps. Um, and then like immediately after she walks in on him, is like woo. And he's like, I, I didn't know you were here. And I'm like, obviously you didn't know she was there. You wouldn't have danced like a moron if you would have known she was there. And <laughs> Lord, uh, who, would, who would let people know that they uh, dance like that on their own? But anyways, um, you know, then right after that, she's like, she's like, you want to kiss me? What? Again, I'm like, red flag, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Very forward and frightening. No, I don't want you just saw me dancing like a moron. You want to kiss me? <laughs> and Lord, what is wrong with you? Anyways, Mike, that's my top three uh, takeaways from Footloose. Listeners, if you are a fan of 80s classic cinema, you need to go back and watch it. Just relive it. You know, I was I was really I was conflicted, Mike. I was like, what do I want to go back? Do I want to go back watch that? Do I want to do I want to watch uh, Pretty in Pink? Do I want to watch Sixteen Candles? Do I want to watch uh, Breakfast Club? You know, I I, I, I fell on Footloose. Hmm. Anywho, Great. Mike, yeah. you've got two birthday suits left right now. You are thirty-eight and a quarter out of seventy. I think this one you can get. The okay. last one, I don't think. Well, you you want to do the one you can get or the one you can't get? 
Well, the one I can't get. Let's let's just get. Let's that get one that out one out of the way. way. Okay. Yeah. Born on June twenty first, nineteen seventy three, in Los Angeles, California, she almost immediately wanted to follow in her dad's footsteps as an actor. Her first part was when she was seven years old in the movie Bronco Billy. She made her first major screen appearance in the TV movie uh, Home Fires in 1987. At the age of 14, she was legally emancipated from her parents with their approval. She it gave her more ability to work freely, apparently, as an actress. In 1988, okay. she played Audrey Griswold in the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. In 1990, she was in the uh, she was in a film with Brad Pitt, which uh, she ended up uh, who she ended up dating for four years after that movie. She uh, then played in Cape Fear, gained a lot of notoriety for that. She then played in Natural Born Killers as Mallory Cox. Uh, then in 2000, she had a small role. Outline is in the way of my camera, Mike. Um, she had a small role in the comedy Old School. Yeah, almost forgot she was in that movie. In 2006, she played in the Darwin Awards and Catch and Release. She most recently starred in the Showtime series Yellow Jackets. Name that birthday suit wearer. No idea. Didn't think so. You'll know her face, pretty much guarantee it. You might know the name. Juliette Lewis. Hmm. Yeah. I definitely know who it is. Yeah. Like I remember watching I, yeah, I know who it is. Yeah, you know you know the face. You know who it is. Yeah. But that's her name, Juliette Lewis, yeah. Hmm. Turning fifty, Mike. The big five oh. 5-0. Nice. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Juliet. Okay, Mike. You can get it. You can get two you two for three. You can All get right, this one. Born on June twenty first, nineteen eighty two, his mom was Princess Diana, and his dad was Prince, now King Charles. He was their firstborn child. And within his family, he was known as, can't give away the nickname because it'll give away his name. Uh, he ended up going to the uh, Eton College uh, and then went to the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. He ended up writing a dissertation on coral reefs. There you go, Mike. And uh, graduated with an undergraduate master's of arts degree with uh, upper second class honors. While he was there, he met a young lady named Kate Middleton. After school, he went on to the Royal Military Academy, did a whole lot of service. In 2010, he became part of the Search and Rescue Training Unit. Also, in 2010, he became engaged to his lady friend, Kate Middleton. They got married a year later. They've got three kids, and he is the next on deck in the Royal Line of Secession. Name that birthday suit wearer. Is it Prince Harry? Wait, what? No. Prince Come on, William. man. Prince William. Prince William is correct. Yes. I'm going to act okay. like I didn't hear Prince Harry. I'm going to act right. like I didn't hear cool. it. Let's, uh, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. You had a 50-50 chance. You guessed wrong first, but we're not going to take that one. Yeah. Prince William is correct. Yes. Prince William. He's the older one, Mike. He's not the redhead. He is uh, not, uh, you know, Prince Harry is married to Meghan Markle. Oh, yeah, you're right. You did say he was next in line. So Prince Harry. Yeah, Prince Harry. No, no, no. Prince Harry's way down the line. I mean, not way down the line, but that's not how it works. Like, it's one of those weird things that, like, you know, it's a firstborn. 
thing mm. in the secession. So, like, once uh, after Prince William, it's actually his firstborn son that's next in line after him. Oh. Yeah, like, Prince Harry's, like, I think it's, like, sixth in line, seventh in line, something like that. Because mm. it's got to go through all of Prince William's kids before it uh, goes to Prince Harry. No wonder he doesn't care. No wonder. There's a lot of things, you know. And I was thinking about that. You know, I, I think he does care. Here, I mean, here's 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 my challenge to Prince Harry. I was thinking about this, Mike. Um, you know, like that's all we've heard about for the last several years is how he's not, you know, he, he doesn't want to be royal anymore. He's out of the royal right. family and all that stuff. If he's so sick of being a royal, a royal, why doesn't he actually just change his name to his original last name? That's a fact. Why doesn't he just become Harry Mountbatten Windsor? That's hmm. his actual last name, Mike. Mountbatten Windsor. Hmm. Yeah. Because it's the House okay. of Windsor. That's the original royal family. And then Mountbatten married in. You've got Mountbatten hyphen Windsor. Yeah. Would I you, don't know. <laughs> would you think about that, Mike? As far as the royal family, like, you never think of their last name. Yeah, I did not know the, their last name. Like, I just, like, I mean, I guess. I no feel idea. like a lot of people, <laughs> well, not a lot of people, but definitely English people, a lot of people would know Windsor, the House of Windsor. But, like, Mountbatten Windsor, like, if you ask Americans what Harry's last name was, I bet you, I would bet 99% <clears throat> would not get it. No way. Yeah. I bet 99. And so if he really wants to dodge uh, dodge the folks, there you go. Harry Mountbatten Windsor. Nobody's coming after you on that one. By the way, mm -hmm. did you uh, hear uh, uh, or see old Bill Simmons? You know, Bill Simmons, the pod father, as they call him. Uh, um, what happened? He uh, he called out Meghan and, and Prince Harry. He called them. Uh. He called them grifters. <laughs> yeah after ending their spotify agreement because like oh, they got man. a whole bunch of you know they got a ton of money for this whole yeah podcast deal and then basically they only did one season of one show and that was it uh yeah yeah it's hard yeah podcasting's hard bill if you if you want to gobble up the doc g show for several million dollars we're available um, yeah we are just uh just Keep that in mind. And we'll keep it going. We're not grifters. We're not, we're not quitting. Bill, look at the track record, man. Look <laughs> at the track record. We are almost up to 350 shows, my friend. We are not yes, grifters. Sir. All right? <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so there you go, Mike. There you go. Uh, two for three today. Two for three. So you ended uh, 39 and a quarter out of 72. There we go. Nicely there done. Nicely done. Mike, we have some fantastic shows coming up. Uh, very, very, very excited for next week. Matchbox 20. There yes. We there we go. There we go. Push. 3 a.m. Oh, my gosh. Real world. I'm talking to all their hits, Mike. We can't play of them, any of them because we don't have the rights. But, you know. Yeah, all the hits. We're gonna talk about them. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk to uh, Kyle. Can't wait to talk to him. It's gonna be a good time. Um, but Mike, after that, we've got some other amazing guests. A little bit down the line, we've got Buck Cherry. Mm. Buck Cherry, big time, man. I love their song "Lit Up." That used to be one of when I was a young Buck. 
and I needed to get really jazzed for a workout, now I don't. I have to go slowly into a workout. I can't go mm-hmm. hard into a yeah, workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Gotta warm it up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But back in the day, you know, when you're when you're 18, you can just die, just jump into a workout. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And that was that was my go-to jam to just get me fired up. Just want to run through mm-hmm. a wall, lit up. Yeah. There you go. Good jam. We're gonna have him on the show. I can't wait. Cool. But Mike. We need to wrap it up for now. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Fernicus Charette. Always a pleasure, Doc G. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it doo dah.